Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, not my, not my President's Day on Monday. <laughs> Did you celebrate? 
Uh, yeah, it was not my President's Day uh, for me. Right. Or, or as I saw many people putting out there, that they were celebrating 44 out of the 45 presidents, and right. I'm with you there. I'm 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 with them there. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, saw some people having some fun with it, but uh, you know, I, I also saw a lot of um, pretty awesome um, demonstrations going on uh, around America and outside. Our wonderful friends over in England. Um, we we have a, a whole lot of uh, British listeners. Um, there's a way I can actually break things down, and fifty um, percent of our listenership uh, comes from Britain. FYI, wow. isn't that cool? I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, very cool. And they, I, did you hear about the what they staged yesterday? That was pretty amazing um protest it was huge um parliament it was when parliament was uh, debating whether or not uh they would offer the the state trip for trump to come over and uh uh sadly uh parliament didn't listen to the people but um sounds like they're getting ready to put on quite the welcome party yeah, England's been pretty active ever since the Trump's inauguration. They sent a petition around yeah. trying to prevent Trump from and entering then, the country. There were that, how many signatures? Uh, yeah, at least shoot. one and a half million last I checked, I think. Oh, for that, they um, yesterday, as of yesterday, it was over a million. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought I thought it was at least a million. <clears throat> Yeah, and it may have been closer to like the 1.5, and that was yesterday. And, uh, you know, they, I mean, it, you've always counted on the, I mean, the Brits have always been pretty active, but um, I think it's just the whole Brexit, Brexit, however you say it. Uh, yeah, Brexit. <laughs> Brexit <X. laughs> um, you know, I can't talk half the time, but, um, it, you know, it, it, it just, um you know, I, I I think the world is showing America, you know, <laughs> is telling us we're not we're not so great, and right now we're not. You're, I mean, I tell that to people. We're we're not this. I don't. I, I never have had this illusion that I live in the greatest country ever. Um, I mean, do we have it better off than both? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> um, you know, you look at things we whine about in America, and then what what countries have to face, um, what the mm-hmm. people in those countries have to face is is um, almost unlivable conditions for for many. And so, I mean, yeah, from that perspective, you know, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I, I guess I'm saying I. I I I realize yes, America is a pretty good place to live, but right now I'm not real proud of it. How about you? Yeah, and I think the arrogant attitude kind of gets us into trouble sometimes when it comes to our image across the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's perfectly it's perfectly there's, there's a stark contrast between being proud of your country and basically stuffing people's faces with the rhetoric of. Oh, we're the greatest. We're we're the best. There's nothing you can do about it. 
And because I mean, it, it just kind of gives other countries a false impression of who we are individually right. and the country as a whole. And and I, I really think that we need to. I mean, well, we need to stand back a little bit, and while we need to be proud of where we reside, we also need to be realistic and and realize that no person is perfect. So of course, no country made up of people is perfect. And just right. like everywhere else, right. we we have, we have our own we have our own issues, and we need to improve in those areas. Uh, I mean, it's it, you know, it, it's. Uh... If, if you've visited um, other countries, it, it, you know, if people got outside of, or at least just outside of their state, <laughs> they would realize that, oh, <laughs> there's other ways of doing things. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, even, you know, just like, you know, if you're from the South, go, go, and, and I, I would say to other people, go visit the South. There are good parts. Um, not many, but... <laughs> Uh, I can say that I used to live there, um, but yeah, you know it. Um, you know, it's one of those but things. I, I really think that, it is a disservice to us to just basically say, "Oh, we're right. the greatest health healthcare system in the entire world," but not actually try to do anything about it. I mean, I, I, I can. That's a complete joke. I, I can go to a bar and, and yell at the world, "Oh, I, I'm the smartest man in the world. I'm the wealthiest man in the world," but. You know, if those are, words aren't going to amount to anything if I I don't have any money and if I and if I fail a test that I was about going to take the following day, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, um, you know, it, while we're talking about you know the, the myth that we're the greatest country on earth, um, history. I, I want to go ahead and jump into what has been happening. Uh, before and especially since um, Trump was inaugurated. Um, while I say he's not my president, I mean, he was inaugurated. But um, there has been a huge rise uh, of uh, hate crimes, um, many anti-Semitic, um, just hate crimes in general. You know, I, I talked about it on the show I had those numbers up um, last Friday from the Southern Poverty Law Center, and um, you know, and I, I we talked about that a little bit on the show, and then over the weekend, um, you know, yesterday, uh, a lot of the Jewish community centers, the JCC, the J, as a lot of people call it, uh, kind of like the Y, but they call it the J. Um, so many received uh, uh, bomb threats yesterday, and um, I mean, to me, that is such a mental. This is the only word I can come up with. It's a mental fuck with people's heads. Um, when I mean, it's terrorizing when you continue to get these these phone calls, and you know they're serious. It's not. You know, some high school kid calling in to get out of an exam. I mean, it's um, you know, many of the JCCs, including the one here in St. Louis, have, have 
um, been through two or three of these bomb threats, then you have to take them seriously. And can you, I mean, can you imagine being, you know, being involved in the JCC, in the Jewish community, wherever you live, and, you know, having to rush out of buildings. I mean, it reminds me of the 60s. Um, except they carry through in the 60s with black churches, Jewish synagogues, um, and it, it, it's it's alarming that this is happening. Um, and what was even more alarming is that not up until today, today only, our president, well, your president, not mine, um it finally said something about it, and only as Donald Trump can, he said, basically, it's not going to happen anymore. Well, Donald, how the hell do you plan to not have this happen anymore? Um, it's just, he just stops words. It's like, where's the plan? What are you going to do about this? Do you have the FBI, you know, tracing the – it's pretty easy to trace you know, phone calls, um, web servers. I mean, you can track stuff down these days. Um, you know, what are you going to do about this? And um, and he really didn't mention much, if anything, from what I remember. And a lot of people were saying he didn't, but, you know, the word Jewish, you know, um, and then Ivanka Trump put up a Twitter message that I'm, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, she's probably hating she did it. Um, I mean, you know, if anybody else had said it, it, it you know, um, we probably would have taken it very seriously. But um, <laughs> because it was her, um, you know, people just lit into her. Um uh, and that tweet was, America is a nation built on the principle of religious tolerance. Kind of funny, coming from a Trump, don't you think? Um, we must protect our houses of worship and religious centers. And then she used hashtag JCC. Um, which, yeah, I agree with her. But, you know, your father's in a position of power now. And, you know, how is how's he going to fix this? Um, that's what I want to know. And, um, I, I had said that I was going to touch a little bit on, um, the cemetery here in St. Louis, um, a cemetery in, in case, uh, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about this and, uh, CNN, of course, giving out wrong numbers and <laughs> things like that, but, uh, that's no surprise anymore. Um, but there, there's an old Jewish cemetery here in St. Louis. Um, it's to said shall Miss society, um, and they have uh, two uh, cemeteries actually. And this is their University City uh, location, and um, they uh, in 1888. Uh, they they formed um, a Chevra Kadisha, 
I believe I said that right. I asked a friend. Um, and, and it's basically a burial society uh, for the Jewish community um, they, they, that they form in order to bury their um, deceased with familiar rites. Uh, and um, so the, the cemeteries go as far back as 1888. Um, a lot of tradition, um, a lot of history is in is in that cemetery. Well, apparently Sunday night when we woke up yesterday morning, um, the she said Shell Emmett's um, cemetery in University City has been uh, horribly vandalized. Um, a great deal of the tombstones were uh, destroyed. Um, like literally knocked off pedestals. And a lot of people were saying, well, it's an old cemetery. It probably had already happened. No, you don't, you don't get it. I mean, this is a very important place to the community here in St. Louis, especially the Jewish community. Um, they have big stone walls. Or, I mean, I used to live right by this cemetery. There's stone walls around where um, this is and um, you know they every as they see like tombstones looking like they're getting ready to tip over I mean they reset them or they contact the family and get a a brand new one out there Um, because it's very important um, the, I mean, of course, the burying of the dead is important to all of us, but it's a, um, it's a, it's a big thing with with the Jewish community here. I'm sure, I'm assuming it's like that um, all over, um, and you know, a lot of people were saying, oh well, you know, it was probably just a couple that blew over. No, I actually spoke with. Um, the executive director, and um, there were actually, and they're still counting, and there's over 200 that have damage. Over 200. Um, and besides, you know, all the conspiracy theories that, oh, they couldn't have done that, um, yeah, someone did do it because yes, they have video footage. They haven't released it to the public yet, but they're getting to that point. Um, I don't want to release the director's name. I know right now she doesn't need any extra, um, you know, stress put on her. Um, but she has said that you know she definitely would like to come on the show. Um, but she just couldn't make it today. Uh, so hopefully we'll get her on. Um, I've, I've put up, um, and I've, I've pinned it, uh, to, um, my site on how you can donate directly to, uh, the cemetery. Um, no insurance is not going to cover all of it. Um, and they're going to have to have, like, some of these monuments are so big that they're going to have to have equipment come in 
you know, they're going to have to come in and, and reset them or just get brand new monuments, um, depending on what the family wants. And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's a tragedy here in St. Louis, to put it honest. Um, a, a lot of friends that are Jewish are, are very upset about this, as you can imagine. And, um, you know, the fact that this shit is starting back up in America, it sickens me. Um, I mean, yes, we've, we've seen hate crimes here and there and in, in, our, in our lives, but, you know, we haven't seen anything like, well, here in America, we haven't seen anything like what we did, you know, in the 60s and 50s here in the Jim Crow um, and, you know, and going back, I mean, we honestly haven't seen anything like that. Um, we've, we've seen some horrible things happen. Um, you know, and like, it happens here and there, but we're starting to see it more consistently. And that's what happened back in the fifties and sixties. And I'm scared we're stepping back there. You know what I mean? I mean, what what do you think about what all is going on right now, Craig? Well, sadly, I mean, we've been seeing an uptick ever since Trump started his campaign. I, mean, I don't know if we can directly link him to these hate crimes, but at the same time, I think there is at least an indirect link because ever since he started his campaign, he's been – playing on people's fears and prejudices to, to win their votes and kind of legitimizing their their biased opinions and in with regard to the Jewish community and well Muslims of course I, I can't tell you how many stories I've read in the, ever since Trump's inauguration where one man was saying to a Middle Eastern individual get out of this country this isn't your, isn't your country you don't belong here and, and that's been true of other Demographics too, whether it be Hispanics or Blacks or LGBTs or or what have you, and right. I, I haven't I haven't seen the specific numbers to confirm this just yet, but I've definitely just just based on personal observation, I've definitely seen an uptick in the number of stories number of such stories reported ever since Trump's inauguration than I had prior right. to that. Since the start of 2017. There have been 67 incidents at 56 different uh, Jewish community centers in 27 states and one Canadian province. I mean, that's scary. It's it, it, it's horrible behavior. It's uh, I mean, we don't you know, um, and I, you know, uh, there's what. A website, Share Blue. Um, Allison Parker wrote this article I posted earlier today that, um, yeah, she was talking about how the anti-Semitism of Donald Trump's campaign sparked, um, you know, how it's worsened. And, you know, I mean, with numbers, we can show, yeah, it's worsened. You know, we're, we have this documented. And, um, you know, and Trump today, another thing that he said was, he didn't, you know, he didn't know where it's coming from. <laughs> I'm just like, are, 
are you that crazy? Are are you really that crazy? You know, it's your hate talk. It's your hate talk that you're giving people just, you know, carte blanche to, to do that. Um, but, you know, he takes the easy way out and say, well, I don't, I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> and he said um, in a recent press conference, he said something like, oh, anti-Semitism, let me, let me tell you, I'm the least anti-Semitic person out there, okay? And racism, I'm the least racist person that there has ever been, okay? And like uh, you said previously, the man, he's just rhetoric. He doesn't actually have a plan to get things done. He'll just, he'll just say, oh, it's right. not going to happen again. It's never going to happen again. But <laughs> you, right. you need to actually put some thought and work into preventing it from occurring exactly. again. You can't, you can't just... You can't just snap your fingers. You can't just snap your fingers and say, "Oh, it's never going to happen again." And all of a sudden, the problem disappears. You have to admit the problem and speak to experts, do, do your research regarding the problem, and try to find a reasonable way forward to, if not pre- prevent altogether, to at least condense the frequency at which the, the issues occur. And he just doesn't seem to be able to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, he's just. I mean, even, you know, we're just talk show hosts, but we do our work and we have ideas of how, you know, things could be fixed or whatever, you know. And, um, I mean, I feel like like so many writers, bloggers, um, just the American person, you know, in general, have actual ideas. And he, he just... He has no clue. He has no clue what he's doing and no clue how to fix this. And, um, you know, today he went, um, he finally, you know, after skipping it twice, he finally went to the new Smithsonian um, uh, Afro-American Museum um, through the Smithsonian there in D.C. that, you know, just opened um, right before the new year. And, um, you know, he spoke there. And what do you think he spoke about? Winning the election. Nothing about, oh, you know, I actually learned something in there. I mean, at least fake it. I mean, sound presidential, you know. I mean, his writers should have had something um prepared, you know, so he didn't sound like an idiot, but I mean, maybe he doesn't listen to his speechwriters, probably not, I don't know, but um, He can't help himself, he just, he just naturally comes across like an idiot Right, I mean I, I, I'm just I'm blown away at what an idiot this man is and I hate to use the word idiot when talking about people, but that's about the only thing that sticks when it comes to um, Donald Trump, it's uh, that. I mean, that's that's all I can think of. Um, you know, he, yeah, was, I mean, taking selfies with uh, nuclear codes and and another selfie with classified information. And right. It, it's it's like it's like he's blurred the line between reality and and fantasy into one where he can't tell the difference between one and the other, and he just doesn't really realize the the actual 
potential repercussions of his actions now that he's actually the president of this country. He just exactly. he seems to think he's in some kind of he seems to be thinking like some kind of reality TV show, and his words and actions won't really have that great of an impact on on the large quantity of people it, it could potentially have if, because it's it's real life and he just doesn't seem to understand that. Yeah, if I were another country, I would you know, and I wanted to. I mean, okay, let me just preface this by saying no, I do not want to do this. I'm talking about other countries. <laughs> a scenario. I don't want to get us in trouble. Um, but, you know, why wouldn't you be looking at the U.S. right now? You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure, um, you know, what, what, will, what would happen. Um, Craig, you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you. <laughs> I was like, hello? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and what, what Craig was talking about is that this past weekend, when they were, you know, down in Florida having themselves a hee-haw good time, um, you know, there was a dinner at the country club. I, I, I don't mention the name because I don't want to give it any free press. But, um, you know, just it, it looked like they were just having dinner with friends. And um, then, you know, like you were saying, you know, there was the nuclear, the, the football, as they call it. And, yeah. um, you know, having all having all this paperwork and everything coming through, I mean, actual intelligence briefings, and people were taking pictures of it, taking videos, and um, it's insane. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, Florida this weekend and his crazy pep rally? And um, <laughs> I've been doing all the talking, um, but well, I mean, I, I think it's kind of. Well, I think it was kind of comical. Personally, he's only been in office for a month. And he's gone on three trips to Mar-a-Lago just just the first month in office, and he he really got on President Obama's case when he ever traveled, and yet he's mm-hmm. he's gone away mm-hmm. three weekends out of four ever since he became president. And then I mean again he's right. only been president for a month, and he sees that his poll numbers are down, and so he goes off and campaigns again. I mean. He just finished campaigning for what a year and a half, and a month month right. into the presidency. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna go campaign again and try to increase my approval numbers. <laughs> and I had shared with people, and I want you to get to this, but I had shared over the weekend just the numbers of the costs on those three trips to Florida, or cost the taxpayers ten million dollars, ten million dollars. And, you know, Barack Obama spent um, $98 million on travel in eight years. Give them, give them your, um, the numbers that you, you brought out today. This was alarming. Yeah. Well, Obama, like you said, he averaged about $12 million per year in expenses in his eight years in office. So between 90, $96 and $98 million total. 
Donald Trump, on the other hand, and, and keep in mind that when Obama was president, Donald Trump wasn't coy about criticizing Obama about his travel. And Trump, in his first month in office, there's been $11.3 million spent on travel expenses. Now, if, if he were to be elected for a second term, which I don't hope happens, of course, but which if it does, and he keeps at this current pace, it would cost taxpayers $1.085 billion, not million, billion, compared to Obama's $96.8 million or whatever it is. That's just <laughs> – the, the man <laughs> – he is the master projectionist. He lambasts President Obama for travel expenses. And the guy, if he, if he keeps this current pace, he would exceed Obama's travel expenses his eight, in eight years in office in just nine months in office. Now, these numbers are just in four years, right, if he continues at this pace? No, that's that's eight years. but That is eight years. But still, okay. yeah. But, yeah, four years. I mean, just you know, just to be still four years to be safe. over five hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Compared to let's just say approximately fifty million dollars uh, for Obama. Just I'm just cutting it in half to make it simpler. Oh, okay. But gotcha. Which <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, if Trump keeps us up, though, he'd be at over $99 million in October of this year, which would exceed eight years of President Obama, of his presidency. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and some how, of his diehard supporters, they, just, they, they don't that, care. That, yeah, yeah. They love him coming around. I mean, is that all he's going to do, go around with the pep rallies? You know, and, and the thing that scares me is that – you know, you, you can compare. I mean, well, Hitler and Nixon both, you know, said the comment about how the press, um, you know, not to trust them, basically. Um, I mean, his sounded much more childlike, of course. But, and then, um, you know, Hitler and Trump were also known for traveling the country, holding these pep rallies. And then the third thing that Trump had said, in in many, many speeches before he was elected was that he wanted to have massive shows of our military, like having parades. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and um, which is something else Hitler did. And, I mean, I just don't like where this is going. Um, history, history does repeat itself. If if we don't learn from it and do something, do you agree? Not I, agree? I agree. I mean, I'm I'm very always very careful when it comes to Hitler comparisons, but uh, just well, sure. But if we want to talk, I mean, if we want to talk about dictatorships in general, I I definitely think I don't like where things are heading. I mean, even John McCain just recently said he, he criticized. Donald Trump for his quote regarding the press and McCain even said you know shutting out the press is the first step to a, a dictatorship basically and right. and he's right, right. I, 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 while, I, while I believe that we should hold the media responsible we should call them out when they get something wrong the same is true of politicians and, and <laughs> Donald Trump more than any other 
president that I, I'd known about lies his freaking ass off, to put it bluntly. <laughs> and That's and he right. needs to be held responsible as well. I mean, yep. PlutaFatch, which is a, a Pulitzer, yeah, Pulitzer Prize-winning fact-checking site, I mean, it, it's it's great at approximately 70% of Donald Trump's claims as false, mostly false, or pants on fire. I have not seen any other right. politician with, with that kind of quantity of, of claims that were fact-checked to be dishonest so often. Much and, less the and Trump, president though, of the freaking United yeah, States. Right. And the press calls him out for it, and, and he just kind of deflects and projects and says, oh, well, you're fake news. You're you're." You're the fake press. You're you don't you don't tell the truth, and and unfortunately, a lot of his, right. lot of his followers believe him. Right, and and but at some point, doesn't logic have to come out? And you say, I mean, in, in, don't you think some of his supporters would eventually say, okay, we've got these twenty news sites that he's calling false, but then. Alex Jones comes in, and that's all it that that's real press to him. I mean, I know some people that's that's their real press. I get it. Um, and our old buddy, yeah, Milo, I, I do think some Trump supporters will come. <laughs> yeah, I do think some Trump supporters will come around. I mean, it'd be wrong to completely generalize the entire Trump support demographic. I mean. While I cannot <laughs> stand the man, his ideas, nor his policy, referring to Donald Trump, I, I can understand a certain demographic of people who voted for him. I mean, they, they may not have felt heard for many years. They might have been down, down when it comes to their jobs and job opportunities and money. And they really kind of felt that the government did no good for them throughout the past several decades. And so this guy comes along who is who appears to be outside of – the mainstream political machine, whatever you want to call it, and and says he's going to shake things up a little bit, and so they go and vote for him. I, I can understand that, but at the same time, I, I think they'd be more apt to seeing his BS for what it is if, if it gets to a certain point. And so I, I think that moderates and liberals alike could have civilized dis- discourse with, with the majority of them, and they might be able to now, see the forest from the trees, and but, right. but I mean, there are other demographics of Trump supporters like that. I mean, you can't sway them regardless of the facts you put in front of their face. If exactly. if they felt their if they felt their prejudices were legitimized by this this man and his his, his rhetoric and his call to action, I mean, then there there's really no way to reason with them. If if they just hate people for the color of their skin or their their creed, their gender, their orientation or what have you it, it really doesn't matter if you get your information right. from the webster webster dictionary factcheck.org or the, the encyclopedia britannica or, or what have you they're they're not going to buy it they're just going to find that one conspiracy oriented oriented site online which confirms their their belief and say well see it, it says it right here i'm right and so i mean there are definitely some people we're, we're not going to be able to reason with and who, di- who won't change their minds about Trump, but I, I think it'd be a mistake to generalize all of his supporters like that. Yeah, um, it's it's 
it's scary, you know, that I'm trying mm-hmm. to, um, you know, just know that that we've, you know, I mean, we as our show and um, other press have, have got to keep this man accountable and keep coming yeah. after him. Um, if people have noticed on my Twitter, I have really been after him lately. But you know what my goal <laughs> is anyway, so uh, we won't share that with the listeners just yet. But, um, but you know, I mean, people ask him questions in a press conference, and he yells at them to shut up and sit down, or tells them they're fake news, and and don't you know they and he won't take their questions, and it's. It's ridiculous. Yeah, even Chris, even um, Chris Wallace of Fox News, he spoke. He, uh, he said this on Sunday, I believe it was. He said, "Well, you know, Barack Obama, he wasn't a big fan of the press either, but he never called them the enemy of the American people." And there's a big difference there. I mean, I mean, of course, a lot of politicians, presidents in particular, they're they're probably going to get tired of the media once in a while. I mean, <laughs> it it can't be a whole lot of fun being asked all these questions, critical of your ideas and policies sure. and and previous actions but at the same time i mean in america th- this is this is part of the deal <laughs> we we can't right right have our our constitution our our freedom of speech and freedom of press we don't utilize these things and <laughs> so no matter how much politicians don't like the press at times <laughs> it it kind of comes with the territory and so while I can understand President Obama not being the happiest camper in the world at times when he gets interviewed by the, by the media, it, it's quite a stark, a stark contrast between that and Donald Trump calling these media outlets so fake news when they're not and right. answering questions by, cert, by, by certain outlets he doesn't like and, and telling the American people, oh, don't believe these guys and, and – uh, they're fake news, and they're the enemy of the American people. I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's cutting dangerously close to a person mm-hmm. wanting to be a dictator. I mean, maybe <laughs> not in the lights of, of Hitler or Stalin, but at the same time, that's definitely not a person who is looking to to be, be a leader of the, a democracy or even a republic. Right. You know, what's also – what blows me away is that, you know, if anything came from President Obama – I mean, I know this may seem, you know, just kind of ridiculous, but, um, you know, he barely uses that POTUS account on Twitter, and it all comes from his personal account. Um, mm-hmm. And just the way he speaks – I mean, and, and I think it's – I think – the way that he talks to people and about people, sadly, the people that support him, that's the way they talk. And, I mean, very unprofessional. I'm not saying there's not professionals who support him. Don't come yelling at me about that, people. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, like I'm looking at his Twitter account right now, and it's so, you know, like, let's see, February 20th. It doesn't come across as presidential. How about that? <laughs> no, wait, wait. Okay, well, let me read this one. Give the public a break. 
The fake news media is trying to say that large-scale immigration in Sweden is working out just beautifully. Not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is not Wayne's World, you know. Yeah, I was just gonna say that sounds and, like a clip from Wayne's World. Donald Trump took the place of Wayne ago, Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, he has it in all caps and. Um, you know, and then he's talking about the Southern White House you know, back over the weekend. Um, a lot of us discussed that on Twitter. And, you know, if you go in and Google Southern White House, um, the Confederate White House is going to come up. I mean, mm-hmm. go go do it now and you'll see that that's what happens. And, um, you know, <laughs> in his press conference last week, I just have to read one more tweet. Um, <laughs> it's a quote. One of the most effective press conferences I've ever seen, says Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> 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 yeah, because because he's not partial at all. And then, of course, Donald went on to say, many agree, yet fake media and big caps calls it differently. <laughs> and then he just says the word dishonest. <laughs> Uh, you know, you just can't. Yeah, this, you can't make this stuff up. This has to be a joke, right? This this can't be happening. <laughs> I know. I mean, you you know, since we started this show together, we've been talking about, you know, how we just keep waiting on Ashton Kutcher to step out and, um, you know, and say, punked. yeah, you've been punked, and it's not happening. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've, you know, I've, I've got terrible news for all of us. It's not going to happen. Um, and, you know, I I mean, I've got to say that even, you know, I mean, I never thought somebody was going to step out and say you've been punked, but. You know, it's time for us to it's it's time for us to take it seriously. I mean, not that people aren't, but um we really we've really gotta get it together and uh you know, continue um continue, you know, fighting against this and you know, you've got these old white Republican men that, you know, I read an article this morning. I forget which Republican rep it was, but you know he's like, and eh, they're gonna, you know, these crazy liberals are gonna give up, you know, uh, soon. And um, you know, I mean, I was kind of being funny, but I was being very serious when I said it. I know, I know, I can outlast some of these white Republican men, and. Um, <laughs> white straight Republican men um, or pretend to be straight. But anyway, it's a talk for another day. Um, so, you know, I mean, we've, we've got to keep this up and I, you know, it's, it's going to be basically who outlasts the other. And um, I don't know. I mean, I know we've got more probably to say on the subject, but uh, can we take a quick break? I need water. Sounds good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> good call. Okay. We'll be right back. You guys. Stay with us, and uh, be sure to give us a call at 
We are taking your calls, 215-383-3759. I mean, 3795. Thank you. Get a job! What for? I'm trying to think.
And welcome back. That was Deadbeat Club. I dedicated that to Trump's cabinet. I think that's appropriate at this time. It's by one of my favorite bands, the B-52s. Um, Craig. So, Tracy. Um, you know, <laughs> Tracy. Uh, you know what <laughs> we were talking about? Um, and, I mean, it's it's not to the alarming level at this point. Um, but we were, you know, we were talking about the comparisons of, um, how things are going right now with, um, you know, Trump and, and the anti-Semitism, dictatorship, blah, 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 blah. Well, I find this, uh, while, while we're on break, Newsweek is actually putting out a special edition, um, and the cover is like this really red picture, red and black, kind of like what what people like to think of as the devil or Satan or whatever. And um, and it's Hitler, and the, I mean in huge letters it says Hitler, the evolution of evil. Do you mean you know? I'm like, well, is this an anniversary of something or you know what? And um, and you go down and you read Hitler, the evolution of evil, explores the terrifying rises of extremism eight decades apart. This must have, for any fan of history and politics, investigates the alarming rise of 21st century neo-Nazis in countries all over the world, including the U.S. Kind of interesting. I mean, I, I, I know other, you know, other people feel the same way, but um, interesting this, and frightening. This, yeah, yeah, it's interesting in a bad way. That you yeah. know, I mean, while we we like to think we're you know big shot press, I mean we aren't. We're not Newsweek. We're not. You know, I mean we're nothing like that. But and and I'm I'm happy about that actually. But um, you know. It's it's scary when when you start seeing you know eight decades later, eighty years later, yeah. they're coming out with stuff like this, and um, you know it's it's really frightening um, to me um, as a member of the LGBTQ community, as a woman, as uh, someone you know that. Uh, I'm I'm living I'm a little blue dot in a sea of red. Uh, St. Louis City, not the county, but St. Louis City is a very liberal city. Blue, blue, blue. Uh, but we're you know we're in a sea of red here, and it's just you know, um, and, and knowing what has happened at at the cemetery here, I mean it's it's just scary, but. Um, there, there is some good news. Um, did you want to talk about our buddy uh, Milo? Um, <laughs> what's happened to him? Yeah, Milo, whatever his last name is. Do you want to try that? <laughs> I'm not. No. We'll just call, I, I, we'll just call him Milo. Milo, why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he had a book deal with Simon and Schuster for a book called Dangerous, and he had a speaking engagement with CPAC or the Conservative Political Action Committee. 
and he was working at Breedbart. Well, as of today, he lost that book deal. He's no longer speaking at CPAC, and he quit Breedbart. So, yeah, it's not been a good 24 hours for Milo, and that's just fine with me. He's still going to be there, but he's not going to have, you know, with Breedbart and – you know, it's it's like I talk about a lot on the show, and I know Craig feels the same way. You know, with, with him, like, getting this book endorsement, I mean, he's still going to have, you know, colleges are going to be stupid enough to have this guy come on, you know, come on their campus. I, mean, I know free speech, free speech, free speech. Believe me, I'm, I'm, I get it. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's sickening that um, – you know, I mean, he he got paid big bucks for doing all of this, but I think now that the book deal's canceled, his appearance was canceled, and he could he gets pretty good money for his speaking engagements. And then he, you know, now that he's that he's left, well, he he resigned, uh, you know, due to all this, and I I think. I, I think you're going to see a, a lot of his appearances at big places anyway. I mean, hmm. you know, crazy semantic, anti-Semitic people are going to, you know, have him coming in and other, you know, alt-right type of groups will have him in. But I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's going to get the money um, that he's used to getting and um, going to be able to travel and spread this message of hate. And, you know, it's, it's like I've always said, you know, follow that, you know, example of Dr. King, Malcolm X, you know, so many leaders back in the in the civil rights era that um, they they took the money away from people like this, and and not only do you do it by not shopping their stores or stores that carry their products, you you also um, Make stuff like this happen with Milo. I mean, um, I guarantee you, I know of one group that all they do is just is is trying to find dirt on, especially Trump, but you know a lot of these alt right members, um, you know that that they can make stick, and and that's what they did, um, you know. It, Milo had had talked about it, and they found it, and uh, I mean he got ahead of it. But uh, I mean you can't you can't make excuses for you know for that. So, well, perhaps I should mention the specific quote to our listeners. The reason why Milo is in such trouble over the past twenty four plus hours and receiving heat from both sides of the aisle is this quote I'm about to read here. He said, we get hung up on this child abuse stuff. This is one of the reasons why I I hate the left. The one size fits all policing of a culture. This arbitrary Mm -hmm. and oppressive idea of consent. I'm grateful for Father Michael, a Catholic priest Milo claims to have had sex with as a teenager. I wouldn't give nearly as such good head if it wasn't for, for him. Pedophilia is not a sexual attraction to somebody who is 13 years old and sexually mature. Pedophilia is attraction to children who have not yet reached puberty, who do not have functioning sex organs yet, who have not gone through puberty. In the gay world, some of the most important enriching 
and incredibly life-affirming, important shape, shaping relationships are between younger boys and older men. They can be hugely positive experiences very often for those young boys, end quote. That's Milo's quote, which has gotten in, him into big trouble in recent days. And they're worried about transgendered individuals where they pee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you've got you, you, you've you've got guys like this. Um, well, on uh, real time with Bill Maher just recently, Milo spoke out and said that transgender uh, individuals are involved in are involved in sex crimes. I think what more than any other demographic or something like that. And uh, on one side of that he's on one side of that he's right, but not as the perpetrators as the victims. And so right. his quote kind of hit him right back in the where, where it hurt when when people fact checked his his claim because while he was technically accurate, they are involved in these sex crimes. It's it's not in the, the manner that he had insinuated. They're they're the actual victims of right. these crimes. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. You know, and for the longest time, and and still, there's groups of people that believe this that. All people who you know fall into the LGBTQ arena that we are, or for the longest time, the belief was either um, you know if you're a lesbian, you. This is not what I believe. Let me preface that. But you know, a lot of people would believe that. Oh well, you know, if 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 you were sexually abused, then that automatically meant you were going to become a lesbian. I mean. That's what they would tie it to so many people, you know. I mean, I have friends, their parents are like, what happened to you when you were younger? And they're like, nothing. <laughs> you know, nothing happened to me. And, uh, you know, are, are they, they would say that gay men, um, you know, were responsible for all these molestations going on around the world. And, uh you know, every year, I mean, I haven't checked it in a few years, but I know the last time I checked it, it was like 93 point something um, percent of all sexual offenders are heterosexual males. You know, I mean, why can't people just look at numbers? Um, I don't know. Just, uh, but I, I, you know, I, I I'm not one that um, jumps around and gets excited about people's um, misfortunes, but um, pretty damn happy about about old Milo. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to feel sorry for the guy. <laughs> yeah, I you will you will not have me feeling sorry for this guy. I no. guarantee you that. Never. Um, I, I, you know, I, I can't imagine. I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine me ever, you know, feeling bad for him. Uh, you know, and and I try to, you know, I try to be. Um, you know, as kind as I can to people, but man, there's just some people out there. You're like, some make it really difficult. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, you know, but like, I mean, people that maybe have been mean to you in the past or whatever, you can, 
I mean, maybe depending on what happened, but you know, I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I forgive them. I mean, I don't want them in my life because um, they're not, uh, you know, positive people. I don't care to have them around. But you know, so my life is better, and I don't have this stuff clogged up inside of me. This, you know, negativity. Mm-hmm. I can say I forgive them and mean it. Um, but you know, I mean, Milo. God. Anyway, we spent enough time talking about him. I don't want to speak that name anymore. I just ugh, something else. Yeah, yeah. Milo, what's his face? Yeah, uh, we were both like, "Hey, how in the hell do you say that name?" And <laughs> I was trying to find out how to say it. I was just like, "Screw it." He doesn't yeah, just go with Milo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You know, you were talking earlier about um, Trump's approval ratings and some of the um, <laughs> PolitiFact uh, info that we have on uh, Trump and then with the PolitiFact on uh, the the really interesting numbers with comparing Obama and Trump. Um, you want to take those on? Sure. Well, earlier I mentioned the travel expenses, the comparison between Presidents Obama and Trump, and how Trump, well, he criticized Obama for his $96.8 million of travel expenses during his eight years in the Oval Office. Trump, in just one month, has gone through approximately $11.3 million, which, if he were to last the full eight years, would amount to over $1 billion. And... The same kind of numbers when it comes to politifact.com, the two presidents' scoreboards. In eight years as, as president, and also he's been a state and U.S. senator, Barack Obama has had 150 claims graded, either mostly false, false, or pants on fire. And Trump, who has been president for just one month and had had no previous political experience prior to that, he currently has 258 claims that have been graded false, mostly false, or pants on fire, over 100 more than Obama, who has been involved in politics for many more years than Trump. Years, yeah. <laughs> I was just I was astounded by those numbers. I mean, I I, I knew Trump was has been graded pretty harshly by most people who actually do the research, but to think that he has over 100 more false grazed than a guy that was in the Oval Office for a full eight years. That just blew my right. mind. Without a doubt. Um, you know, and with that, and with his um, approval rating being at 39%, I think, oh, it doesn't yeah. get much worse than that. But you know what? Yeah, the latest pupil. Yeah, well, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, the latest Pew poll has him at 39% approval and 56% disapproval. And the latest Gallup poll, I think he has 41% approval and 53% disapproval. And <laughs> these are, I think, on average about 21 points lower than most presidents at this point in their, in their tenure. Because a lot of presidents, the public gives them a kind of a honeymoon period to to get settled and adjusted to the transition. Right. Obama, both Bushes, Clinton, 
they all, all had approval ratings of eh, between 60 and 70% at this point in time. And so I mean, 39%, that's, it's amazing that he's dropped as much in, in such a short period of time. And a lot of the diehard Trump supporters I've talked to about Trump's approval numbers, they'll bring up Rasmussen, which is a, a right-leaning poll. But mm-hmm. according to them, their more, most recent poll have Trump at 55% approval and 45% disapproval. And so they'll just kind of cherry pick that poll and say, oh, look, more than half the people in this country uh, approve of him. That's not actually true because not only is Rasmussen conservative-leaning, they conduct their survey a little bit differently than the other other pollsters. Polls like Gallup and Pew, they try to survey a representative sample of of this country in its totality when it comes to – people of different ethnicities and creeds and so on and so forth. Whether whether a person is registered to vote or not registered, it doesn't matter. If, if you're a citizen of this country, then there's a chance you could be called and, and asked whether or not you approve of the president's job performance thus far. Rasmussen, on the other hand, all, all they do is, is survey likely voters. And so approximately 35% of people of voting age in this country are not registered to vote. And so of, of those, I don't know the exact percentage, but not all whom are registered are likely voters. And, and so that, that leaves out approximately, we'll, we'll go in the low end of the range and say 40% of, of the voting population in this country aren't even considered to be surveyed by Rasmussen in these, in these favorability polls. And so I, mm-hmm. I really think that the, the numbers for, for that poll in particular are very misleading. And the Trump supporters who, to, who cherry pick this one poll are kind of <laughs> just trying to see what's, what's not what, what's not picks? there. Yeah, kidding? yeah, I know. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it. Um, you know, it just cracks me up how he says that. The press is, you know, all the mess that he says. Um, when, you know, the right wing, I mean, you look at Rush and Coulter. I mean, they they can't even think about anything but their, I mean, they, you know, I, I can at least open my mind up. It doesn't mean I'm going to agree with you, but I can open my mind up and, and think about where you're coming from. On some things, something, something, some display. <laughs> you're not, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, um, you know, it's, it's, it's made me laugh, but you know, it, it, it's still kind of, you know, concerning that you know our, well, your, <laughs> your leader, um, is going around you know, talking about the press like this and, you know, his, his press secretary hasn't been meeting with the press. Um, it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I guess the word, no, is, uh, the word of today is it's laughing. Um, yeah. It, it's all laugh inducing, inducing, but it's also frustrating too, because yeah, ever since right wing talk radio came about, especially when Rush Limbaugh came on the scene, 
And then when uh, mm-hmm. Fox News opened in 96 during Bill Clinton's tenure, right. the, the right-wing media outlets, they, they've, they've increasingly brainwashed a certain number of people in this country to only believe that they're the only source of credible news and everything else is liberally biased. And unfortunately, right. this makes it extremely difficult to engage in civilized discourse with them because no matter what your source is, if it's a fact checker or if it's been a scientific study that took 10 years to conduct or, or, or whatever, if it's not Fox News, Breitbart's, uh, World Net Daily, some crazy chain email they got from their Uncle John or, or what have you, if it's not something that they actually buy into, then, then it's not legitimate news. And it just it just makes it incredibly right. frustrating to try and reason with these individuals. And the media is not perfect. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. But a lot of times when you call the media out for a mistake, it's, it's a, let's say it's a written article, you'll, you'll see, the, see the very end. They'll, they'll do their research and they'll say, okay, correction on a previous claim we made. Donald Trump, though, when's the last time you heard him admit that he's wrong? I, I've not heard him once say, oh, yeah, I was wrong about never. that. I'm sorry. I've never, never. heard him say that. And so while, no, the media is definitely not perfect, I mean, the, the more credible, reputable media outlets out there, they try to get things right. And if they make a mistake, you'll see them correct themselves. Donald Trump, I've never seen him do that. He thinks he's always right, even when he's not. And even if he's proven to be wrong, he, he doesn't admit to the mistake and apologize for it and try to learn from right. it. He just... He just deflects and says, oh, well, you're biased, you're wrong, and that's it, and that's that. Whereas we in the press, I mean, ho- I mean, hopefully we don't make a lot of mistakes because that's your, your dependability goes out the window. But right. when, we, when we do, we go back and fix it. You know, um, mm-hmm. like yesterday we kept getting conflicting stories from – but I mean, you know, uh, from websites or you know news media, et cetera, that you know I trust, it. and um, you know we kept getting um, different things about what was happening uh, over in London with Parliament about his visit, and I finally kind of had to pull back the reins and say, okay. We we're really not sure what's happening, and um, you know, I mean, I and I had stuff to you know back it up both directions, and it was um, you know, it's just one of those things that um, and we do make mistakes, and um, and I you know I yesterday I was like, hey. I was wrong, um, or maybe even I wasn't wrong, but, um, I mean, if I'm wrong, I have no problem saying I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I also, um, I also have no problem, you know, going back in and say, yeah, Hey, I'm hearing way too many, (laughs) uh, stories on both sides of this fence and I need to, you know, pump the brakes until I can find out the real story here. And, you know, and mm-hmm. it came out eventually. But, 
you know, and I know you have. And we're, and we're and we're and we're more prone to that nowadays. I mean, I don't want to come across as a media apologist, but you know, we we actually right. have the internet now. We have 24-hour new cable news networks, and so we're not given a whole lot of time to check with three or four sources before we get a story out, as we want to beat our competitors to, to the to, to the finish line. It's it's not like before the expanded technologies we take for granted today, where they didn't have to worry about such things. And they could take their sweet old time to make certain that the story was 100% accurate. Nowadays, I mean, right. things are happening. I mean, it's it's every second. Websites are updated. Cable news comes out with a breaking story, whether it is or not or isn't. <laughs> CNN, I'm talking to you. And exactly. <laughs> and so, I mean, there, there's a, a more tendency to perhaps release a story before it's been fully concluded upon on, on its uh, right. on its right. accuracy and, and they might need to make some changes to the story minutes, hours, or even even seconds down the line depending on, on how quick it's it's incoming. But I mean still these people, these these sources, they they correct their mistakes, often they oftentimes correct their mistakes and they, they, they try to get things right at the end of the day. Whereas People like Donald Trump. Except your right wing, you know, especially our. Yeah, right. I mean, there, there are exceptions. I, I'm just talking about the more right. mainstream, oh, reputable I know, yeah, media I, I organizations. Yeah. 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 If it's if the it's a conspiracy website like, yeah, if it's a conspiracy website like World Net Daily or what have you, then no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. Um. Hey, did you want to try to? Uh, talk about let's finish off the show uh we're not gonna be able to take calls because i do want to get to this and we only have about 10 minutes left um did you did you want to um get into sweden and <laughs> what happened three days later after he discussed sweden yes yeah, so that's been interesting <laughs> yeah well trump he said at the rally in florida on saturday he said quote you look what's happening. We've got to keep our country safe. You look at what's happening in Germany. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden, who would believe this? And so, of course, people started wondering, okay, what, what happened in Sweden last night? Was there a terrorist attack or what exactly? And even Swedes, they'd tweet, what, what, when the hell is this guy smoking? What, what happened here? Do we know about this? Right, right. <laughs> and so, I mean, he received a lot of Blowback, especially of the comical variety on on Twitter, and last night on late night talk shows, Colbert and Myers, and they they had a field day with this. <laughs> All right. And then he, then he, then he tried to. He he really didn't back down. At like of course he doesn't. He he kind of doubled down when he got uh, received backlash for it. He said, well, what he was talking about was uh, ta- was discussed on the Tucker Carlson Tonight Show. A Fox News show, and 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 I guess his his guest, he and his guest talked about some immigration problems in Sweden, but some Swedish police came forward after Trump made his, his comments in the, at the Florida rally, and they said that the, the video clip that he was responding to, which prompted him to say that there's an immigration problem in Sweden, these two cops they they said that their interview had been edited. And quote, we were answering completely different questions in the interview, end quote. And so it appears like 
the the video that Trump was watching, which prompted him to utter such ridiculous remarks in Florida, was based on fake news, ironically enough. Wow. Then he kind of tried to backtrack a little bit to I'll confirm what he said since he's, he tends to be so vague with his commentary. I mean, if, if someone calls him out for being inaccurate, he'll say, well, no, that's not what I meant. I meant, I meant this. And sometimes he can get away with it because he's so vague. But even, even if we, we went a different routes with his, with his comments in Florida, I mean, PolitiFact fact-checked his, his claim about immigration problems in Sweden. And they said, quote, in general, crime stats have gone down the last few years. And no, there's no evidence to suggest that new waves of immigration has led to increased crime. So he was wrong mm-hmm. in a way. <laughs> right. Right. Well, uh, something uh, just came to my attention from someone that um, I, I meant to read this earlier today. As we close, um, the Anne Frank Center um, issued the, the Steve Goldstein, the executive director for the Anne Frank Center. Uh, actually, the full title is Anne Frank Center for Mutual Respect, um, issued the following statement. The president's sudden acknowledgement of anti-Semitism is a band-aid on the cancer of anti-Semitism that has infected his own administration. His statement today is a pathetic asterisk of condescension after weeks in which he and his staff have committed grotesque acts and omissions reflecting anti-Semitism, yet day after day have refused to apologize and correct the record. Make no mistake, the anti-Semitism coming out of this administration is the worst we have seen from any administration. The White House repeatedly refused to mention Jews in the Holocaust remembrance and had the audacity to take, the, to take offense when the world pointed out the ramifications of Holocaust denial. And it was only yesterday President's Day that Jewish community centers across the nation received bomb threats and the president said absolutely nothing. When President Trump responds to anti-Semitism proactively and in real time and without pleas and pressure, that's when we'll be able to say this president has turned a corner. This is not that moment. And now that was something I had tweeted this morning. And uh, apparently here recently in the last hour, uh, the White House press secretary, Spicer, uh, raised his little ugly head and attacked the Anne Frank Center for its negative statement about the president, about President Donald Trump's disavowal of anti-Semitism. Um, when asked about the center's statement, Sean Spicer told reporters that the president, quote, has been very forceful with the audience the denunciation of people who were racist or sexist. What a joke. Uh, next quote, the president has made clear since the day he was elected and, frankly, through the campaign that he seeks to unite this country. He has brought a diverse range of people into this administration. Are you kidding me? Did, did you see the cabinet picture last week with all white men and, yeah. and the one yeah, little <laughs> white woman's head popping out? Um and then he he goes on and say it's ironic that no matter how many times he talks about this, it's never good enough. I wish they, the Anne Frank Center, had praised the president for his leadership in this area. And I think hopefully, as time continues to go by, they will recognize his commitment 
to civil rights, to voting rights, to equality for all Americans. Um, and, you know, and then this article went on to say that, you know, Mr. Trump, I love, this is from the Independent in the UK, and I love that they call him Mr. Trump, not President Trump. I guarantee you they would not make that mistake with with President Obama. Um, yeah, they said Mr. Trump finally spoke against anti-Semitism after a visit to the National Museum of African American History on Tuesday, saying racism was horrible. It must stop. <laughs> That's all he had to say uh, when he was at that. That's museum. all you ever had to say. Um, and, and and but then. Uh, he, you know, later when talking about the anti-Semitism, he just, you know, said his, it's going to stop. <laughs> you know, no, uh, no plan, um, you know, just like everything that he says he's going to enact, there's no plan. Um, you know, so I guess I say to all you good people, keep your head up, um, you know, stay woke. As uh, is often said throughout our circles, and um, you know, let us know if you hear of anything, want us to talk about. You know, we're around. Craig's going to be out of town for a little while, but he'll be back. And um, you know, Craig, do you have anything to add? Well, just one thing you kind of touched on in that letter. You mentioned how Trump had said he's going to bring this nation together. He's going to bring people of different demographics together and it's kind of ironic because I, I think that's actually true but not in the way that he had intended because I mean you look right. at all the people all the groups across this country and, and countries across the world who are coming together to fight against Trump's policies I mean, whether it be men, women gays, straights Muslims, Jews blacks, Hispanics whites, whatever you, you see people of every demographic out there coming together to fight against Trump's policy ideas and, and proposals. And so, I mean, I, I really think that if we continue to march together and, and fight full steam ahead, we're, we're going to see results. Absolutely. I agree with you, my friend. Um, hey, so have a good time out with your family. Um, I shall. You have a good weekend and your, too. Your travels. Uh, you've you've got some uh, you've got some fun things planned. <laughs> so should, should be should fun. be a good time. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll let you know how, I'll well, let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, be safe in your travels. Um, we we need you back. I couldn't do the show without you. Me neither, partner. Yeah, you get to feel better too. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, I could, but yeah. <laughs> I got All right. You. Take care, Craig. All right. Talk to you later. Good night. And and for me, I just want to let you guys know that um, Friday we will be having our uh, fun day Friday show. Um, the wonderful Gabrielle Christian, uh, a lot of you know her from South of Nowhere. Um, she is coming back on the show. Um, she is always a fun guest and, um, 
we're we're going to be talking about what's up with her career, um, some things that she has going. And um, I know a lot of you that listen to the show are headed out to Klexicon, and uh, she's going to talk about, um, you know, being there. She um, is they're, – they're having an amazing reunion of um, <laughs> lesbian and bi couples that we've all seen on TV um, it is, I really hate, I was supposed to be there too, and I hate I won't be there to meet you guys, but it's just one of those things with this arm, um, since I've had the two surgeries, I can't travel, but, um, hopefully I'll catch the next one, hopefully they'll still want me back, um, but anyway, Gabby's going to be here with us on Friday, so tune in, and you never know who else will show up on a Friday, um, but um, I bid you all good night. Uh, take care of one another, and if you see something, stand up. Um, don't 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 let the bystander effect um, step in the way. Do something. All right. Thanks, guys. Good night.